Welcome, dear listeners, to our inaugural podcast on Gita for Self Growth. I'm very excited to have with me my friend and colleague, His Grace Madan Sundar Prabhu. I'm Shamanandas. Uh, thank you for uh, having this journey together, Madan Sundar Prabhu. Thank you so much, uh, Prabhuji, for uh, this whole initiative and the plan to start reading Bhagavad Gita and to share some of our experiences. Thank you so much. So, will I sh- should I share what we have today in our first episode? I'm excited for it. Please. We begin with the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. It is entitled "Observing the Armies on the Battlefield of Kurukshetra," and I hope we, if we can touch three core points. Now, I would like to assure our listeners that this is not meant for those. who have read the gita or those who know sanskrit or those who are fairly conversant with the topics we would like to take even the most cursory of readers or those who just know a little bit of the bhagavad gita like we have in india people born in india brought up in india and the only thing they know is something to do with the pandavas and kauravas <laughs> something to do with the fighting between the cousins so uh yeah so this is the first verse of the first chapter uh dhritarashtra uvacha dharmakshetre kurukshetre samaveta yuyutsavah mamaka pandavashchaiva kimakurvata sanjaya dhritarashtra said o sanjay after my sons and the sons of pandu assembled in the place of pilgrimage at kurukshetra desiring to fight what did they do so shila prabhupada in his beautiful explanation begins by saying bhagavad gita is the widely read theistic science summarized in the gita mahatmya or the glorification of the gita there it says that one should read bhagavad gita very scrutinizingly with the help of a person who is a devotee of sri krishna and try to understand it without personally motivated interpretations so my first point here is i see many people especially young folk who very candidly say that uh, sir i am an atheist so what could the gita offer me let us begin with this small point you come across people who say that forgive me but i i i am not a believer correct what do i do correct so if in case i am asked this question my take always is i always bring out that particular discussion with arjuna and krishna has in sixth chapter where arjuna mm-hmm. talks about his mind and always quote that chanchalam himana krishna pramati balavadadam and so forth always uh it's not only about uh, you know unfortunately we call it as a religious textbook it's not about that it talks about a profound wisdom on human psychology you know second chapter we talk about the hayato vishyantamsa how does a person become victim to his bad habits because it begins contemplation uh, it is also all yoga shastra bhagavad gita is called yoga shastra which means you know we need to really control our mind so people talk about living an independent life people talk about living a free life but how can you live a free life if you are controlled by your minor senses So actually, hmm. Bhagavad Gita paves the way for us to really find that freedom. 
you know, to really make that decision that ought to be in our favor. Very often we make decisions based on our conditionings, helplessly. By what I'm impelled to commit sinful activities. Like that, there are many, many instances and examples of human psychology, which is described in Bhagavad Gita. That actually, I always say, Bhagavad Gita, if not anything, Krishna has spoken this Bhagavad Gita to help us really live a life that a human being deserves. Mm. Not a life that society have made us today to live like an animal. Sorry to say that may sound harsh, but we are kind of forced to live according to our senses. Therefore, you have billboards. You look at any billboard, you get attracted. You get carried away. No, I want to make a choice if I want to drink or eat something. Not that because somebody throws an advertisement. I say, oh, no, I have to do it now. So Bhagavad Gita, that's the way Bhagavad Gita starts it. Of course, it has more deeper level of uh, subject matters. But that's the first level of understanding. Back to you. Very good. I am very happy that uh, you made this point of uh, living your life. Otherwise, for many, it is just uh, one day after another. I don't know why I lived yesterday, what I did today, what I'm going to do tomorrow. So, friends, I, the way I see this is, I would say, if you just have an open mind, you're welcome. You don't need to have any pre-qualification. You don't need to know Sanskrit. You don't need to be pious. You don't need to do any charity. And I draw this, that's my last point about this first uh, theme. In a lecture which Prabhupada gave in a Pandal program in Hyderabad, and in India, he would always encourage Indians, this is your legacy, this is your heritage, pick it up. Kind of use it in your own life and help spread it all over the world for the benefit of others. Normally, it won't happen, but that day, one Indian gentleman raised his hand and said, I would like to ask a question. And Prabhupada said, yes. He said, Swamiji, you spoke so nicely about how one should accept the Bhagavad Gita. To be very honest, I don't have faith to accept it. Now, for those of us in India, we know that we are not supposed to be so upfront, especially in front of sadhus. <laughs> we are supposed to say, yes, yes, yes. We may not do those things later, but at least in front of them, we are supposed to be very servile. But Prabhupada was very appreciative and he said, Sir, I have one request. Would you agree to that? And the man graciously said, Yes. My request is, I am fully with you when you say I cannot accept the Bhagavad Gita blindly. My request is, please do not reject it blindly. Agreed. Um, Profound. And uh, this is where... Uh, I would like to say that if somebody feels that, oh, they say this is a theistic science and I am not that kind of theistic. Sir, madam, whoever you are, if you are just open, open-minded and would like to experiment, just like uh, the first time you go and taste Chinese food, you just experiment with something. Someone tells you this goes well with this or with South Indian, Mexican, continental, any kind of cuisine. Similarly, take the Bhagavad Gita as a new item and taste it. That's all we would ask. Next, Mother Sundar Prabhu, is the issue of interpretation. 
Yeah, correct. And there it is said that, okay, here is a, like a medicine is to be taken in a proper way. The label says something. So this is the label on the Bhagavad Gita bottle. Read Gita very scrutinizingly with the help of a person who is a devotee of Sri Krishna and try to understand it without personally motivated interpretations. The example of clear understanding is there in the Gita itself, in the way the teaching is understood by Arjun, who heard the Gita directly from the Lord. So, any thoughts on what is a personally motivated interpretation? Just like uh, any endeavor when a person does, uh, he always asks for what's in for me. Yeah. So, as Srila Prabhupada often writes, you know, there would be something called as Bhagavad Saptas or, you know, Pravachans on uh, spiritual text that has become like their own, uh, you know, kind of a profession or a business for one personal well-being. So when a subject matter of personal well-being comes into a picture, then there is an upfront disregard for others and what to speak out the Lord. Just like not to, you know, say anything for anyone for that reason, but let's say talk about the field of medicine. The field of medicine is such a profession, is such it is supposed to help others. But oftentimes we come across stories where in fact people in that profession are cheating innocent people to make extra money. You know, mm. getting wrong advice probably uh, or getting them hooked to some kind of a medicine so that they become their customer for lifelong, etc, etc. So the profession of medicine or let's say doctor, medical field is not expected to do that. Similarly, people who are taking to spiritual textbooks like Bhagavad Gita and others are not supposed to bring in their personal agenda or personal well-being. We are supposed to be a transparent medium. So I feel it is more to do with where a person is quite egoistic, self-centered. He does think for oneself rather than doing things as being described here. Therefore, the interpretation comes. And the biggest reason for interpretation that I could add here, I think quickly on the spot right now is because there's always an inherent envy. How can somebody be greater than I? How oh. can I declare that Krishna is the Supreme Person God and where actually I want to be that person? So in my humble opinion, I guess that's where the inter interpretation kicks in. Are you, hinting at, are you hinting at uh, Krishna's personality or his character always looks a little bit confusing, tricky, is cunning? We will come to that later because we have the whole book of Krishna in front of us. Uh, in my golden beginning days, now of course there is nothing like golden olden days, but <laughs> beginning days I would say, <clears throat> someone said, uh, I had asked this question in a Gita class and uh, the teacher, he ordered, uh, he requested, can I get a glass of water please? And then he uh, tells someone, okay, the, the devotee who brought the glass of water, he said, now don't start drinking it. He said, no, it's for you. He said, no, but start drinking it. So someone tells someone to bring a glass of water and the person who brings a glass of water is told to drink. He's a bit confused. Mm. And after he drank half the glass, he says, now do you understand? If I say, I need a glass of water, the correct interpretation is to give it to me. But if you drink it on your own, that's like a personally motivated interpretation. So, uh, just last tiny bit of point, one, one college student was arguing with me that uh, 
isn't someone like prabhupad ramanujacharya madhvacharya all the great acharyas when they want someone to follow the bhagavad gita and become a devotee of krishna isn't that their own ambition <laughs> looking forward to your answer interesting question <laughs> i generally say that is a doctor personally motivated to cure you that's his job isn't it is an engineer personally motivated to make your house stand for 50 60 years that's his job you have paid him for it so basically any kind of book on the bhagavad gita where and, and proper is very objective any book where the the teaching is understood by arjun the way arjuna has understood it that should be considered bona fide agreed if there is any other conclusion then then that becomes difficult correct so we have uh, say three or four minutes to talk about our third theme and that is what is the background for this book so i'll just put in a few words you can add in wherever i may um, not touch some points so we understand mahabharat greater india bharat of course is the name of this whole uh, planet at one point of time but the whole subcontinent surely now it is now it has shrunk but still it is called bharat so greater bharat the king of hastinapur new delhi would be the king of the entire planet practically speaking others would be vassal states they would pay their taxes and in this great kaurava dynasty we have the five pandava brothers 100 kaurava brothers and as things happen there is a great fratricidal war as to who would essentially rule so the history talks in terms of a gambling match where the virtuous pandava brothers were cheated driven out of their kingdom 12 long years in the forest one year incognito they come back again there is a hope for compromise but the kauravas headed by duryodhan they say no there be no compromise it is winner take it all as they say in america take the whole thing and at that particular point where they meet on the battlefield to decide who's going to rule the entire planet this is that classic tension point which krishna uses as a as a tool to give the entire population of uh, the time after this war that means all of us in kali yuga that they should have this treatise a users manual for life that is the bhagavad gita so this is the beginning point and that's like the background for this whole battle anything to add before we close perfect perfect uh, not add before we close maybe i'll just raise a question which probably we can take it in the next podcast or whenever possible all right when i grew up i kind of heard i remember in our drawing room we had this big big frame of this krishna arjuna on a chariot like that so i remember i saw that once my father or somebody had brought it and the other day my mother took it off so i asked my mother i said there was such a beautiful frame 
of you know Krishna Arjuna on the chariot. Why you took off? So I heard she saying that she had heard that if in case we have anything, either Bhagavad Gita or Mahabharat or anything related to the war of Mahabharat, then it leads to Mahabharat in the house. <laughs> so because you kind of talked about the background, so that, that point came to my mind. I'm pretty sure many of our listeners would like to know, uh, you know, the thought process. Is that really so? And what happens? So Okay, so let us leave them at the cliffhanger. <laughs> so friends, if you would like to know the answer for this uh, commonly asked question, tune in for our next episode. Thank you all very much for listening. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.